Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. Okay, so our guest today is Jessica Davis of Atelier Davis. Jessica's spaces are bold and creative with touches of irreverence, and Jessica's work has been featured in House Beautiful, Better Homes and Gardens, Real Simple, El Decor, and more. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, okay, ladies, I know that y'all looked through her portfolio, as did I, obviously, and I would love to talk about the unexpected touches that you bring to design. There's like a little bit of funkiness in every room on in your portfolio. And I loved that. And I think it really sets your spaces apart. I imagine it um, really differentiates your clients' spaces from one another. And I wanted to kind of dig into that, help people maybe, um, you know, sort of up their confidence and being able to do it on their own, in their own homes. Yep. And just kind of dive into how and why and when you pull these sort of unexpected moves. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've lived all over the place. And as an adult, we've owned several homes and they've all been different styles. So we lived in a Tudor, a Dutch colonial, a Victorian, and then now a mid-century modern home. And I think that wherever we've lived, I've just sort of collected things. I love to shop vintage. I love to play with different types of art that may not match, so to speak, the space. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I have some of the same furnishings that we had in the Victorian and the Dutch colonial in our mid-century modern. And I think that taking things from place to place and kind of collecting them over time allows you to create something that's kind of a little different and less formulaic than sort of furnishing a house just for the space and the style that the home is. Mm-hmm. Please well, jump I'm, in and interrupt No, I, okay. I was actually going to ask when you said that you've moved from all these different style homes, how has your interiors changed with it? So that was exactly where I was wondering if, again, the pieces you've purchased have been able to travel and recreate spaces. Yeah. I mean, I think that the things that have really come with me over time have been things that I've collected, like artwork, either stuff that I've found vintage or from artists that I love or stuff that I've made myself. I also like to paint when I have free time, um, (laughs) which is not a lot. There have definitely been pieces like in the Victorian. I had this chaise long in our bay window that was sort of speaking to that style, you know, Um, and we don't have that anymore. There wasn't a place for it. Um, Mm -hmm. But we had this crazy 80s kind of bulbous sofa in our family room in the Victorian home. And I think it just worked and was adds a little funkiness. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's something I always think about just because I, you know, if you are going to go, if you are buying a house and you're like, this is in a different direction, you know, it's nice to kind of remind people that like, it doesn't have to be period and stay yeah. period or stay that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially when investing, to your point, you had a sofa that worked in one house or, you know, a chaise, like, I'm sure they weren't, you know a price that you're just take them or leave them kind of thing. So it, they are investment pieces. And so mm-hmm. to be able to rework them um, is wonderful. That is a great point about art though, that you made. Cause I, I mean, you're always going to have walls. That, that's a guarantee, right? right. So mm-hmm. like <laughs> buying, buying interesting art and art that you really love is going to be a good investment regardless. Right. Now, how would you describe your style? We heard what Caroline <laughs> thinks of it, but now I want to know how you describe it. I mean, my own personal style, yeah, it's definitely eclectic. Maybe it leans a little more modern, but I love to sprinkle in antiques and things that have provenance um, and colorful, um, I don't know, collected and sort of idiosyncratic, I guess. Throwing in something a little weird. (laughs) Yeah. 
So yeah, that's what Caroline said. (laughs) No, there's definitely a a wonderful playfulness to all of your work. And I was really excited to see on your portfolio that you also did the interior for my favorite taco spot (laughs) called Muchacho. And it's such like the interiors make it just as much as the food. And so Mm -hmm. I was really excited to see that you did that because I love going there and experiencing you know, mm. the the playfulness of like the, you know, the three kind of like 70s color stripes like yeah. fl- that flow through the whole room or the light fixtures that are really kind of remarkable and found vintage that are all over the place. So that was kind of I was excited because I've been following yeah. you and your home on Instagram for a few years now. So it was a nice tie in. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's fun to like tell a story with your interiors. And I think a lot of people that you've interviewed on the podcast have probably said something similar, like, what is the story that you're telling for your clients? Um, in my house, I sort of have this vision of myself floating around in a muumuu with a cocktail. <laughs> like, I don't know why. It's like this uh-huh. very concrete visual image I have. Um, the nice thing about a restaurant is that you can really hone in mm-hmm. on a story. You know, who is Muchacho? He's this guy. He loves the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. He maybe does a little microdosing. That was like part of... <laughs> yes! That was part was of the brand yeah. 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 And, you know, we ordered all of these vintage skater and like surfer magazines and wallpapered the men's restroom with them. So it was fun to like create this persona. Mm-hmm. And whereas like in a home, you might not get that weird uh, with it. But. Well, or direct, like a direct, yeah. again, this is this imaginary person per se that we are making up and we are going to show you. So when you walk in, you feel it's more of a caricature, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can take a bigger risk. I would think in a restaurant because outside of the people that work there, like you're not living there in day in and day out. Exactly. It's a destination, right? right. You know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The bathroom wallpapered right. in a magazine, like, but it's super, it's, it's super you know, thought out. That might be something you got really tired wonderful. of in your own life, but well, you wouldn't get tired of it in a restaurant. He, yeah. So I want to talk about just doing retail spaces because I know you did that gym as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, looking at these places again that we are all coming into temporarily, we want to feel a certain way in the way that you have transported us, you know, for that little bit of time period, either into something soothing or energetic or again, 70s microdosing. I don't know wherever we are. Um, you know how do you, how do you do those projects and transport people? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot about talking to the client and what their ultimate vision is. Um, like with the Plotius Studio, it was we talked a lot about how they wanted in their branding to be very specific about body inclusivity and you know allowing all different types of people to experience Pilates and wanted it to feel really welcoming versus like a sterile kind of gym space. So talking through all of that and then, you know, we pull tons of concept images to get clients' reactions to sort of hone in on the concept. How does one create their own story? Because I feel like that's, it, it might be easy to do it or easier for a third party, but how do you create the story that, I don't know, I guess, how do you create the own story, your own story for your house? Like, where does that initial vision come from? Like you said, yours is sort of you floating around in a muumuu with a cocktail. And I love that. But is that, is that sort of how you would suggest others kind of Mm. isolate the style Mm. or the look they're trying to create? Yeah, I think it's sort of, you know, like creating a vision board. People do that for the year ahead or whatever, but you could kind of create a life vision board. Like, you know, what do you have kids right now? Do you aim to have kids in the future? Mm -hmm. How does that life look? You know, Mm -hmm. are you biking places? What car do you have? All of that sort of curating your life in a way. And then that can kind of help dictate Mm -hmm. your aesthetics in your home. Okay, so I have a moo-moo question then. Yeah. <laughs> That's what because this was I, going. Yeah. Because I have, so, like, okay, so I, is it Auntie Mame? Is it Mrs. Roper? Is it, like, well, Werner Verstadt? Like, like oh my are gosh, you going, yeah. like, Klimt? Like, 
just wearing robes. Like what? What? <laughs> I, like I get so many. <laughs> I get what level of moo moo. I'm, I'm curious. That's a really good question. <laughs> It, it dictates, do you go 70s? Do you go glam? Do you go kind of mm. 30s mm. artist colony? Yeah, I'm I'm not, you know, like a Lily Pulitzer kind of moo-moo person <laughs> um, or even like Palm Springs, probably something kind of Art Deco Bauhaus-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, when you start to put together your vision board, and I love this idea of putting a vision board together Mm -hmm. for who you want to be within your home, Mm -hmm. which is so much more important than even a color palette or anything like that. So that's really kind of an exciting way to think about it and how your house want you want your house to make you feel when you're there. Yeah, exactly. But how do you blend who you want to be and who you actually are? You get a therapist. You know, because like, what if you want to be like, you know, I'm making cocktails, I garden, but like, you actually have two kids and you don't black have the free time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we know what Caroline's ideas are now. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we all yeah. have this thing that we want to aspire to, mm-hmm. but, and maybe that is great for the aesthetics, but then... You know, yeah. what about the practicality? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, that's also part of what I like to ask my question, my clients, you know, how do they live in this space realistically? You know, are they chopping a lot of vegetables on the counter? You know, do their kids make a giant mess? I have two kids and two dogs that like track Georgia clay in all the time. So then kind of mixing what you want the aesthetic to be with the practicality of like what fabrics are you choosing? How durable are they? You know, do the mm-hmm. counters, are they marble? And will they kind of patina over time? And are you okay with that? Some people are not. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's talk about this funkiness where I imagine it takes a lot of confidence to go to some of these mm-hmm. unexpected places. Where does that come from inside you, that confidence to to pull kind of a that we've used this term before, a varsity move, like something that the average person wouldn't do. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I think I have an art background, so I'm always looking at things from an artist's eye. And I think that, you know, when I'm looking at magazines or other interiors and other designers, so I think I'm always seeking some sort of tension in the interior Mm -hmm. just things that are unexpected well in an art that is right that is what people you know mostly they do love art for that kind of unexpected and the story behind it Mm -hmm. so it totally makes sense that if that's where you're coming from too that it speaks to your work but yeah yeah well no even your color patterns you know the thing again speaking of just weird is You've even picked out a tile, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, the obvious color choice is like this to go with it. And then while looking at your work, I'm like, but no, like you've paired this blue tile with this green vanity in one of your bathrooms you did. And I was like, that looks fantastic. But I would have like, if I had put in the blue tile, I would have never thought of a green there. And like, I love that point of view that you have. I feel like even the way you mix colors and bold colors too is a fantastic blend. Yeah, where do, where do you start with a color palette? What's your sort of process in picking colors? Well, I always ask my clients if they have any kind of aversion to a specific color. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. So I start there so I can rule things out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think it's sort of first establishing the aesthetic, which will kind of direct me color-wise, you know, mm-hmm. really more interested in muted colors. And mm-hmm. sometimes then I'm like, okay, I'm going to insert something a little crazier color-wise in the accessories because we can do that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So kind of knowing when to push them. Um, I don't know that I have a specific formula for <laughs> developing color palettes, though. Sometimes yeah. it's like seeing something, whether it's a specific textile and kind mm-hmm. of jump using that as a jumping off point or a piece of art. Yeah. How do you thread those color palettes through the whole house? Like, do you have, um, do you like to like sort of bring them into every space or it seems like you kind of had like lots of 
I don't know. I noticed there was always a lot of red, even like, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there might Mm -hmm. be a big accent of red. Sometimes it might just be like in a, you know, a fringe or something. I don't know, something that's like like a tiny or an accessory or something. Um, Is that something that you're kind of thinking through? Like, how do I bring this color I use somewhere else into another room? Or is that just sort of instinctual that that you're doing it? I guess it is a little more instinctual with my own home because I know exactly what you're talking about. Like my stove is red. Mm -hmm. I think I was having Mm -hmm. a red moment, but I was, I didn't want to paint a room red. I've done that in, I don't know, this house was, (laughs) and the the house, it was sort of like the shell needed to be one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was like inserting little pieces of red throughout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, I think, Everyone who lived through the red walls era is like <laughs> yes. is jolted just hearing that, or at least I am. Like when I think red again, I go back to like the red dining, dining room. room yeah, exactly. all, right? Was it right. always the dining mm-hmm. room? Yeah, With like yeah, pretty Chippendale much. chairs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and but I, again, I I also noticed that you had some beautiful pops of red, and maybe it wasn't just a you know straightforward red. It was either like a deep cherry or mm-hmm. um, things like that. But I I had noticed you had that red pop, and I because we've been hearing about it, and I think maybe I'm more tuned to it. But it does just make the way you've used it is so wonderful. Because again, it's a it's a pop, and it, your eye goes there and loves it and loves what it does. How are you feeling about red these days? <laughs> yeah, I think. Or you never went out for you. It never went out, but I think I'm more into almost sort of like a maroony berry red mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure why, but yeah. Do you ever have doubts when you're making a big risk in, in your choices? Like, is there ever a part of you that's like, this might not work out? You know, I, I think that I tend to doubt myself more when I'm playing it safe. Mm. Like there's a house I'm working on and I'm like, Ooh, did I insert enough of my personality into that? Mm. Is like, is it too safe? (laughs) Do I need to somehow bring in more color, like down the line with Mm -hmm. the sort of end end pieces, like the Mm -hmm. art and accessories. So what about earlier in your career? Like, did you always have this kind of, you know, boldness. I, I think it's in, like, I don't know. I'm just, I love it because it seems like such a confident move. And I'm just curious, like how you, I guess, did that earlier in your. So I worked for a long time for a big hospitality firm based in Dallas, but in their New York and LA offices. Um, so we did a lot of casinos and like, mm, if you yeah. think about a casino carpet it's like every color under the sun yes. um, and yeah. resorts and sort of themed spaces so it's almost like we had to really be that way and then we did some like highly traditional clubhouses and stuff like that so I feel like I've had this repertoire of doing mm. all kinds yeah. of design yeah. um, and then I think And then I think I had this Memphis modern moment where I was like, everything is 80s Memphis. And Uh now I like that in doses. But yeah, I think that maybe Mm -hmm. color has always been been there as something I've been working with. Yeah. That is interesting. I I feel like a casino. That's a great place to start because, yeah, like... Every color You're, under the sun to hide everything under the oh sun. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. You just think so it's much. all it is is bold moves. I would, you know, yeah. like. Yeah, you have to, because the spaces are so large and, you know, sometimes the lighting is dim. So you have to really think about, like you said, being bold in the scale of things and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do your clients ever, like, are they ever hesitant when you're presenting something like, oh, I'm scared? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The more scared they are, the Is that better. a good sign? Yeah. Are you like, okay, if they're not scared, then that maybe I haven't taken as much of a risk as I need to? Yeah, maybe. I feel like there are different types of clients. And yeah, some of them, it's like, okay, I really need to push you and you need to be scared a little bit. And then there are others who are like, yeah, go ahead. This is why I hired you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Those are the best clients. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just do do your thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
what would your advice be to someone who's trying to do it on their own and like knows they need a big move but is like not quite sure where to make it in the space hmm. i think if you're a little tentative making a big move somewhere in the furnishings versus like backsplash or something that's kind of fixed hmm. um like mm-hmm. your flooring or whatever i think makes more sense you can always change a rug or you know, start with the pillows and accessories if you want to go bold. Um, I always mm-hmm. think a really large, very bold piece of artwork is always a great statement. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Art, that does make yeah. a lot of sense. The worst place to put, you know, something you're not sure of is like tile. I feel like where you're like, oh, sure, it, it's yeah. a lot of look. And then if you're like, but how long will I want this much look? And how to change the artist? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have yeah. to have someone come in and. Or even tear it out and redo yeah, it. Flooring. Yeah. Ugh. Have that all redone too. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny because I think we've talked about too wood tones and those going in and out and yeah. hearing what friends are doing on their floor stains too, where you're like, for their hardwoods even, and you're like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to mm-hmm. last, what's staying in, what's going to go out eventually, you know? Yeah. So, how often are you changing things in your own house? Some things stay the same. We just added onto our house. So that was a nice kind of diversion. Mm-hmm. So I usually get some kind of itch like every three years to do like a big project, whether it's on the interior, or exterior. I mean, I'm always moving accessories and art around and stuff like that. Yeah. So little things all the time, but like... You know, a big yeah. refresh. I don't rearrange the furniture. I know some people mm-hmm. rearrange their furniture a lot. I don't mm-hmm. do that. I feel like once I have it set up where it makes sense, then yeah. I'm not like changing that a lot. So that's true. I agree. It's like once you have it right, why are, why are we moving things around? Yeah. If it works. Yeah. It works, right? But I don't know. I feel like my parents probably like growing up, ours was like the same, the layout, you oh, know? Oh. And so it's not like. I don't know. I feel like you always hear stories of someone that's like, me and my mom used to rearrange the furniture every weekend. Yeah. So that maybe that's just like your, you what know, about, activity about the that you rooms. Do, do you change those mm. often? or Those evolve partially because mm-hmm. the kids start inserting their personalities more. So, you know, like at one time they were photographed and they each had a loft bed and... Um, then the, Lucy grew out of the loft bed, so now she has this canopy situation. Mm. Um, you know, it's turning very preteen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that well, it's like designed per se, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was just thinking that has to be a space that it does evolve with time, yeah. right? So, yeah, and how to do it. That's what I found so hard designing my own house again is we're starting with young kids. How do I continue and not have to make big changes along the way too? Mm-hmm. you know, because we're going to utilize spaces differently for sure. Like the toys go here now, but at one point, you know, there won't be a need for toys or they'll have different toys. And, you know, that part just seems so hard to me. The evolution of your home with mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah people that are growing yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'm kind of struggling now with like how much space do they need in their room because like you know Lyra's four and a half she doesn't really plan her room by herself all that much but i imagine once she gets a little older maybe wants more privacy she might want to be in there more i don't know it's like it's really hard to anticipate what they're going to need and when they're going to need it you know yeah yeah you you're <laughs> in this space. baby stage where they have all the like bouncers and just stuff everywhere and then it kind of goes away and you're super happy about that and then it gets replaced by like lol dollhouses (laughs) giant too (laughs) well i mean and i i shared a bedroom till i was 16 so to your point i can yeah i mean i remember playing up there but with my little sister like all over our floor so yeah i think you're right about like you don't know what they'll need or right. how they'll play or what they're into. 
Mm-hmm. I guess I always just worry, like, do I have enough space for her to play in here? But then I also the think answer's about... Yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. I was thinking, yeah. like, you know, growing up, I wasn't actually that big. And so, and I <laughs> yeah. never... It was fine. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I didn't know people had their own bedroom. Like, I assumed everybody lived with their sibling. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Until you're old enough to be like, wait a second. You were your own room? I was always jealous of my friends who shared a room with their sister. I was like, oh, I just have a stinky brother. I want a sister to like share a room with and share clothes. And (laughs) there were five of us girls to one bathroom upstairs too. Oh wow! That part to me is like mind blowing. Again, when I found out people had their own bathroom, I was like, wait a second, you don't share with four siblings? This is weird. (laughs) You don't wait in line. (laughs) How does anyone get anything done if there are five girls sharing one bathroom? I think a lot more hair drying went on in like bedrooms per se. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, right. yeah, yeah, prep went on in bedrooms versus <laughs> in the bathroom itself because it wasn't even like a off sink or off toilet. It was like a bathroom. Yeah. So it was not designed well. Speaking of, <laughs> <laughs> for anyone to function. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a lot about like funkiness and color. I want to know what is the biggest risk you've taken recently in a project, and how did it turn out? Hmm. Uh, well, we're doing a house right now where we did a lot of consulting on like the architecture too from the get go. So it's not done, That's... but we made the kitchen into this like double story barrel vault, oh. um, which I think is going to be super cool. It's like it, the barrel vault is in, none of the cabinets are in or anything, mm-hmm. and we're actually going to do over one of the islands because it's so high and it's hard to hang something except from the center. Um, We're doing kind of a library light. If you imagine Mm. those library tables. Mm -hmm. um, So we have a library light going down the middle of the island, which I think will be really fun. fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That'll be really, I wonder how that'll affect the sound of the room, that barrel vault. Yeah. I've thought about that too. Like maybe you can whisper from one side to the other. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh to You'll have yeah. to highlight that with like a yeah. little like whisper here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you're designing from the beginning like that, you have to, you know, where did you start in the process? Were you literally from like ground up involved? Yeah. yeah. So I love it when we get involved with the architect mm-hmm. and we can kind of give them feedback because a lot of times the architect's kind of designing from the exterior and in plan view, but not thinking about things like, hey, we're going to put nightstands under these windows. Like maybe the window should be like this high or, mm-hmm. you know, this is how the furniture is going to be arranged. So maybe we need to like change the symmetry a little bit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that differ? Like you mentioned in your house, you renovated. Is that, um, I imagine that's just a different ta- a different challenge. Yeah. Trying to work within your existing, um, was your home, like, is it challenging? Was it challenging to renovate? Or did you just, you said you had this vision from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, after living in all of those other styles of home, And having lived in LA where there's so many mid-century modern houses, I was like, if we're moving to Atlanta, I'm going to live in a modern house. Even, you know, Mm -hmm. there's not like a ton of them here, but there's a decent number. And we found this house. And so it has amazing bones. And I Mm -hmm. definitely wanted to honor that in like the material selections and kind of creating a shell that spoke to the architecture of the home too. Mm -hmm. Did you like recover things or reupholster things when you moved or were you kind of working with existing textiles? Um, yeah, we recovered our sofa in a similar textile, actually. But <laughs> I think the rest of this stuff just worked. Yeah. So is it like a puzzle that you're taking apart and putting together in the different mm-hmm. picture? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like we had this chair called the nigh chair. Um, it's kind of this canvas sling modern chair that was in my son's room. And then it found its way to our room and somehow worked with this orange rusty artwork that we had. And I created a headboard out of a Moroccan rug mm-hmm. that I've been given. And, and it was like, okay, now these 
colors are starting to work together in this room and like mm-hmm. tell a story. Yeah. That's fun. It's it, I imagine it's fun to like sort of reinvent something that you've liked, but you know, I think you sometimes get sort of like not immune, that's not the right word, but like things that you've had in a space for a long time in a fabric for a long time become like kind of invisible like you're just used to them. Yeah. So then like putting it in a totally new space with new things, it's like, "Oh, forgot how much I liked this. It's fun to think about things, yeah, in a new way. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in our guest room, I call it the room where all of my show house pieces go to die. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I have this headboard that I created for our Serenby show house room and it was this bold floral, but it actually flips. It's sort of like a headboard with wings and you can flip oh, it to the other. So it was like the blue floral. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's like a blue window pane check on the other side. So I, I kind of planned it that way. I was like, okay, I'm going to use the other side in our yeah. guest room. Clever. Yeah. Super smart. What is your approach to textiles? Because I did love, it seems like the way that you decorate a room, it's like a traditional approach but with modern pieces and i felt like your upholstery choices were always so unexpected like it wasn't i don't know it wasn't they were funkier lines that's where you put in some weird lines i feel like was in your upholstery well not only the lines of the upholstery item but the fabric Mm. what what is your kind of thought on on textile like what makes a good textile for you Gosh, I I love all kinds of textiles. Like I love a, like a block print, like an interesting plaid. Um, I guess I guess for me, it's all about mixing different textiles in interesting ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, I designed this house in California, and one of the sort of through lines was all of the different plaids and checks that were used in different places in a very Mm -hmm. kind of abstract way, whether it was in like the flooring or, you know, she had some in her artwork already that kind of dictated that. And then we designed a rug that was kind of Bauhaus, but had this like plaid check motif too. So, okay. How do you, you, I mean, how do you use multiple plaids in the same room? Are they like different, some different scales? Yeah. Walk us through that, because I guess my no, I, yeah. my like brain is like, okay, I'm maybe gonna use like a floral and a plaid and stripe yeah. and a geometric or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would do that too, but I think they should definitely be different scales. And you know, plaid can run the gamut, not just like your traditional plaid, right? So I think of it as like deconstruct the plaid and create use something that has like a grid mm-hmm. you know okay. so like a window pane plaid or something that's more like madras you know with that so kind of playing with okay, the different it. versions mm-hmm. right okay i guess I, I guess you see that a lot with like florals but the plaid mm-hmm. it, that is i don't know something yeah, like I've never a seen checkerboard one. with a window pane with mm-hmm. something else yeah okay well, I just loved the the fabrics you chose. Every single time, I was like, I've never <laughs> seen this before, and it yeah. makes the chair or whatever it was. So, mm-hmm. so where do you shop for the weird items you throw in? Because I know that a lot is architectural details or hard like tile that make your rooms, but you also have some funky, you know, furniture. So where where do you go to find that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I always like to have sort of a base of maybe more neutral things or. Um, something that's kind of strong, like a sofa. And then I'll throw in something that I found vintage. So there's a few places here in Atlanta, you know, like Scots and um, Antiques and Beyond. But I'm also shopping like Cherish and First Dibs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if yeah. I happen to run across an estate sale. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think sprinkling in those vintage pieces that can be like reupholstered or painted mm-hmm. or whatever is always fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure I wasn't missing any good, <laughs> any good secret spots. spots. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, in the yeah, state mainly, sale. Yeah. Those are always, the best. Those are fun because you never know what you're stumbling you upon. No idea what you're walking. Yeah. And you're usually just driving somewhere, and you're like, "Hold on, do I have ten minutes?" Exactly. Yeah. 
And there's some beautiful homes. In yeah. Yeah. Part of me loves that part too. Yeah. Yeah. Just seeing the house. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I also think like the details are so important too. Like you have your hardware mm-hmm. line, mm. which is so gorgeous. And I think I've pinned just about every, <laughs> everything. It. It's you. definitely on my, on my vision board for my own house. So what is it like to design and where are you finding inspiration for the furniture that you're designing and the and the hardware that you're designing? Yeah, I mean, I guess if given the opportunity, I'd love to design custom stuff, whether it's custom, you know, nightstands or upholstered furniture. Sometimes it's from looking at vintage stuff that, you know, maybe the scale is wrong or I like some element of it that I want to translate into a custom piece or a textile that I'm like, okay, that would be a really cool rug. Um, so some of that, sometimes like in my hardware line, I get a lot of inspiration from architectural elements. Um, our deco line was sort of, I think there were those fences that go around the little trees in New York on the sidewalk. And mm-hmm. there was some really cool like <laughs> cast bronze version of that and I was like ooh I think I can make hardware that looks like that so oh, that's cool yeah. Yeah. yeah sort of everywhere yeah yeah, yeah. it is it's, it's very funny. important to keep your eyes open I want to say that's where like the design for Suzanne Kessler's outdoor collection came from like that the directoire there was like a and the, in the it was X like detail. a gate in yeah or a, um, a fencing in, in Paris that she saw or something yeah, I could see that. And totally. It turned into like a, a chair pack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think jewelry too, especially with hardware, because it's almost like jewelry for your mm-hmm. home. But mm-hmm. a lot of times I see jewelry and I'm like, ooh, okay, I could see how that could be a knob or a pull. So, sure, yeah. yeah. You talked about finding inspiration from the fence in New York. Where's your favorite city to find inspiration from? Ooh. ooh. <laughs> That's also a hard one. Or top three. Or three. I mean, just, you know. Or list whatever you your got. Favorite, yeah. Your favorite spots. I think New York, definitely. Maybe Brooklyn specifically in New York. Um, I think I just have a love for Brooklyn and the time that I lived there. Hong Kong, just because it's such a melting pot and there's so much interesting modern stuff, but there's some really interesting like colonial architecture too. Um, So maybe those two places. We didn't touch on, okay, you moved, you mentioned moving from LA to Atlanta. How do you feel like that's changed your sort of design approach at all, being in a different place or even just like the design communities in the different cities? Yeah, I mean, I think that Atlanta is a very welcoming design community. We were outside of New York before, and I feel like in New York, there's just, you, you have to be in the really upper, upper echelon to get mm. noticed. And mm. I think the nice thing about Atlanta is, and the South in general, is that people will hire designers and decorators kind of no matter what their budget is. So there's a decorator for, you know, mm-hmm. Joe Schmo. There's a decorator for the person buying like the $10 million house. But, you know, so that's kind of nice. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's more expected and there's like a vast range. Yeah. I've never thought about that before, but that's a good point. I I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, all Southerners kind of love their homes. So it makes sense that, you know, everyone's equally interested in a beautifully designed house. It's just whatever your budget is. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like the cost of living is so high in the Northeast and Mm. even like on the West Coast that it feels like a luxury for a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, so Paula says, hello, ladies. I enjoy the podcast, especially hearing from so many talented design professionals. My decorating dilemma is my family room. I live in a 1926 home to which a prior owner added a 1979 addition. I've always loved having the space, but I don't love this room as much as the original house. Over the years, I've swapped the molding and flooring, added custom bookcases to align to the character of the rest of the house. 
for reference, it's a big room, 22 and a half by 19 feet. The ceiling is 12 and a half at the top and the bend starts at eight. This is our informal space for TV watching, relaxing and reading. And I have three young adult children. When we And when they visit, we sprawl out, put up our feet, and watch a movie together. Our small dog cozies up with us, and I'd like to make a few changes to refresh the room. Here are my main questions. What do you think about adding beams to the ceiling, and if so, where? Do I need a chandelier? What size? What shape? How, sh- how high should it be? What about paint? Window treatments? Would drapery look odd at eight feet where the angle starts, and what shades would, or which shades would be better? Should I do without entirely? I don't need them for privacy. I appreciate your thoughts, Paula. So, yeah, I looked at this and I love that Paula gave us so much detailed information. Um, and she did provide an inspiration she photo. Did. <laughs> um, so I definitely think that adding beams to the ceiling would make the space just, it would give it more architecture. Um, and it would mm-hmm. make the shape of the ceiling feel more intentional. So I, d- I think that that's a great idea. It also allows her to paint the walls one color and then to do something different on the ceiling or to, mm-hmm. you know, wallpaper the walls. It gives you a better stopping point. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like her idea of adding a chandelier to the center. Yes. Um, and I think it can be something that has a lot of volume. Um it can hang down a bit and you know whether it it could be something that has arms um or more of a sort of globe type shape but large Mm -hmm. um and it looks like she has you know a can light there already so there's a spot for it Mm -hmm. and i think she can be a little more bold of course i would say that but um, (laughs) in her wall color choice maybe she wants to try a wallpaper in here mm-hmm. um because there's a lot of kind of beige creamy mm-hmm. tones going on and i definitely think you know she could leave the millwork and moldings white or she could go for a tonal approach which i'm really liking these days where you know like the moldings are the same color as the wall yes mm-hmm. and if she doesn't need drapery I think that using some decorative like side hangs would just soften up the room, Mm -hmm. but maybe she doesn't need anything on the bay window um, if she's not worried about privacy. Mm -hmm. Right. So, okay. If she were to wallpaper or paint like the walls, like you mentioned, she's going, there's like that bend at eight. Yeah. And then there's like the actual ceiling at 12. Is she, and it looks like right now it's all bay, like, yeah. Which I would stop take it at the bend. Well, okay. I think I would, along with her beam idea, I would maybe add some sort of molding there at the bend. And then I think okay. the other idea could be that then she could wallpaper the ceiling too. Mm. Yeah. Because it is a really interesting shape. That could be super cool. Yeah. So the walls and the ceiling, wallpaper both, or one or the other? I mean, she could wallpaper both, but okay. <laughs> she didn't want to spend all the money to wallpaper the entire room or, yeah, I would do one or the other probably, but select mm-hmm. a fun color for mm-hmm. the other surfaces. Okay, and then you mentioned like side hangs. So that's so you're thinking like drapies that aren't really functional, but they're yeah. there just to, mm-hmm. to uh, put a little eyeliner on the windows. Exactly, yeah. And then you don't have to, you know, you still want them to look full, but if they don't need to be functional, then it's a little bit less fabric mm-hmm. that's okay, needed. Yeah. yeah. I, this is a great room. It's a okay. really fantastic mm-hmm. room. She did ask what size chandelier. And I know, again, we only really know, I guess we know the size of the room is 22 and a half by 19 feet. How big do you think she can go? I think it could be between, you know, like four and six feet in diameter, depending on the type of chandelier you know something with arms is going to be a little more transparent Mm -hmm. but still fill the space yeah so it's a big stylistically just matter yeah depends on what she puts in there um okay and then she asked how high it should be because it would sit over the ottoman how high do you hang something like that because you don't want to hit it if you're kind of walking it yeah i think that i would probably hang it down to like six and a half seven feet mm-hmm. yeah 
And again, it does kind of depend on the style. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not knowing what she's picking, yes, but like a general number probably yeah. helps yeah. most yeah. people just to have. You just idea. generally don't yeah. want people to have to duck. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Even if, though if you're they, still going to walk around it. Right. But yeah. Right. Yeah. I suppose if you were to move the the arrangement or something, yeah. at least that way you're you're covered. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want it to block any sight lines. True, right. um, mm-hmm. So I like to think of a rule of thumb of like a door that you walk through is usually seven feet high. So that is sort of a good idea mm-hmm. of where you would want the bottom to be of a light fixture that's not hanging over like a dining table or mm-hmm. something, you know? Yeah. And then what about paint color? Yeah, I mean, she has some teal accents in those lamps. I also feel like family rooms, you know, it seems like the room gets plenty of light. It can be a place where you get kind of moody paint color wise and kind Mm -hmm. of lean into, you know, you're watching TV and movies in there. It could be super cool to go dark and moody. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have a bone to pick with Paula. Girlfriend, Ooh. you oh. need to, to fluff up your pillows. Oh, <laughs> they're all squished. Her, her adult kids oh. were watching a movie last Listen, night. Listen, yes. she didn't have time to get in there, Caroline. Uh, no, I know. But like, I do don't feel like her- Don't come to my house right now is what I'm saying. I did not fluff any pillows anymore. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. either, but you know what I'm saying. No, well, okay. I feel like they, they, you should, they, do you think she, she needs has, more pillows? She's got these fabulous lamps. She's got some, that- like little ottoman looks like it's maybe in like a blue velvet or something. Mm-hmm. Some good little yeah. drink like, tables take at a the end. Bit more risk with your pillows. Yeah, I think, yeah. they're like a little. Well, we're they talking don't about seem taking cool risks today, as, so yeah. as yeah. she is. I think Paula is doing a great job. She obviously knows what she's doing, but yeah, I think she needs to take the risk. She needs to dive into she some has a great, color. a great base, like mm-hmm. a good, you know, like her furniture and like yeah. the arrangement. Yeah. Like she's got a good start. I think that she could add like a tray to the ottoman with some stuff on there um, and like a little reading lamp at the end of the coffee table. So mm-hmm. I think there's some opportunities to add some some things that make it a little more interesting and layered. Okay, now that I'm looking at this other picture, I do think she has one of our blue antelope pillows. <laughs> <laughs> so other than that one, no, I'm kidding. Right. Um, well, I loved that she, the inspiration she sent, I think with the, oh the yeah, beans, that was pretty. Really so helped pretty. to show how she could like capitalize mm-hmm. on again, that angled ceiling feeling even more just having a reason. Yeah. yeah. I even love that pale blue as a curtain, like just a solid curtain panel. Oh, it's an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. an inspiration. Yeah. Could yeah. be pretty with what she's already got. Yeah. I think that what I like about the inspiration room is that it feels fresh and light. And, and the sofa and chair are kind of in the same color family as hers. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like her walls are sort of creamy beige, and that's what's kind of bringing it down. It's a little mm. too close to the color of the furniture. So maybe like okay. a brighter white. Yeah, on the I would walls. either go lighter or darker. Oh, Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But go to an extreme like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also like that the inspiration image has kind of an, a natural-looking beaded mm-hmm. chandelier. Yeah. And so, like pretty. mixing in some texture with some wood, right? Either in the chandelier, and then mm-hmm. kind of some silk in the pillows to, that'll add some shine. We have like two really pretty woven chandeliers that I was just picturing when you were mentioning that. Like they're more drum-ish, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they would kind of give that same like yeah, like organic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feel. I think that that's definitely something that's missing. It's like if she went with something that was brass on the chandelier, then I might make the tray on the ottoman a wicker, mm-hmm. so that you're adding in that texture there. Yeah. See, we'll give you even more advice than you asked for. We're so good. <laughs> yeah, she didn't yeah. ask about her tray. Yeah. But no, but it's she also didn't ask about her pillows, but Caroline's in her straight. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's a really know? great room, though. 
they're yeah. they could just be a little more exciting. Well, that's what, and she's got great built-ins. You can have so much mm-hmm. fun with those yes, too. I love the of like, what does the interior of the bookshelves? You know, exactly. Like, and she and also has those kind of funky little side tables. I'm like, See? oh, those are great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's got that the, advice. She knows everyone has a place to drink. Mm-hmm. Or a little place yeah. for the drink. Yeah, yeah. So maybe she's having a mumu cocktail moment. She needs to make this room. <laughs> yeah, her cocktail slash movie. Yes, <laughs> <Okay>. exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck, Paula. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank yeah. you for writing in. Thank you for good sending luck. in the question. Really you pretty have a room. Great show. I can't wait to see what she does with it. Yeah, like it's yes. only going to go up from here. Yeah. Because you're already at such a good spot, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Hopefully she can send you some follow-up images when yes. she implements some of this. You know, I love when people do that. It's oh, really, yeah. it's yes. really the we best. We do have people do it, and it's so much fun. Yeah, wait. Who was that that just recently sent it in and mm-hmm. wanted to, like, go to the next level? That was a good one. I can't remember. Ah, we just recorded yes. with someone who, like... Because remember, Liz right. was like, well, we already talked to them. Or we already answered yeah. their question. It was like, oh, no, that was the very first iteration. Yes. Yeah. So the listener, like, did step one. And was like, like, okay, here's the next level. Yeah. We loved oh, that. That's that really was fun. Funny. <laughs> they were like, I'm going to get my entire room designed by that's sending okay. questions It's in. really brilliant, really. Yeah. Yeah. If you continue to do it, we will continue to help you. Patient, yeah. But over time, it'll yeah. work. <laughs> well, okay, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work? Yes. So I am at Atelier underscore Davis um, on Instagram and at Nest Studio Hardware. Um, And then our website is atelierdavis.com and neststudiocollection.com. All right. And for everyone listening, we are going to record an extra little segment with Jessica after this that'll be on our YouTube channel. So check out Ballard Designs on YouTube and you'll see a little Q&A we're going to do with Jessica from some questions on Instagram. And I don't know, we might throw some curveballs in there too. So (laughs) go check that out. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.